To support our work at the Izzy and Murtada Picture Show and the work of other independent creators like us, sign up to listen to the podcast on Nebula. Nebula is the creator-owned streaming platform that hosts great videos and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Sign up today at nebula.tv slash picture show, and you'll get access to this podcast plus other great podcasts and videos. Sign up at Nebula and help support independent media creators. That's nebula.tv slash picture show. Hi, I'm Mortada. And I'm Izzy. And this is the Izzy and Mortada Picture Show. Welcome back to our listeners. We have a very special um, episode this week. Um, a film that is not out in release, but a film that we both saw and loved. Um, and we admired it so much and admired the work behind it so much that we wanted to talk to the filmmakers, the film. Um, I had the privilege of um, uh, programming it at Newfest, um, and it's on a whirlwind tour of film festivals right now. It's the documentary Queendom. It's about a Russian artist, Jenna, um, who is a performance artist and stages radical public performances um, in Russia to protest Putin's government. And the film sort of follows uh, their journey in Russia and uh, their activism, and also how they manage to leave Russia. Um, so to tell us more about Jenna and about the film Queendom, we have the director, Agnia Galdanova, and the producer, Igor Mayatkin. Hi, everyone. Such Hello. a pleasure to be here and to talk a bit more about Queendom. So uh, where to start? We met with Jenna quite a while ago already. And uh, in the beginning, um, it was not about her. It was uh, it's supposed to be a docu-series about several drag queens. And uh, um, I was kind of in the end of my research and Jenna was one of the latest uh, protagonists. Um, but when we met with Jenna, uh, pretty much... In, the, in that moment, I understood that I have to change the strategy and uh, uh, do just a story about her because she was so unique. I mean, already uh, back then, because when we met, uh, she was not yet, she didn't yet develop this uh, crazy, unique style. I've never seen anything like that. But uh, when we met, she was doing more like regular drag queen uh, shows and performances and um yeah i'm always saying that for me as a documentary filmmaker it was a gift to uh to be there in the moment of growth and like exploring uh new forms of art mm -hmm. and that we could sure it uh so how did how did her transformation kind of come about? So you got to see her going from more typical drag to kind of very artful, like a little spooky drag too. Um, did did she talk through how she was thinking about that evolution, or did it just kind of happen naturally? I think it's kind of more happened. I guess she was uh, 
um, digging for more inspiration, watching, like, I don't know, Libari or whatever things. Like, uh, we spoke also a lot about foreign artists. Uh, and uh, just one day, I remember I came uh, to visit her in her flat without the camera, because before we started filming, we were just hanging out together. And I saw she was doing uh, something out of like trash. And uh, suddenly, like in two or three hours, uh, there was a crown. And I was like, oh my God, this is so uh, crazy. I mean, like I never saw anything like this. And she really, she, I think she finds kind of like med meditation, I don't know, in, in, in crafting. Because she can stay for hours and hours doing things. Um, so I don't know what was the the kick <laughs> to change the <laughs> to change the perspective, but uh, I saw I saw the very beginning of it, and that was beautiful. In the beginning, she was doing it only at home. She was making uh, like TikTok and uh, Instagram videos uh, at home in the bathroom. Uh, like that she's a kind of spooky uh, mm. uh sitting in the bathtub <laughs> <laughs> and after when she starts to be a bit more confident she started to go out on the streets yeah so igor i want to ask you how did you um meet agni and how did you come to work together on on queendom yeah i started working a few years ago agni has been already filming and mm. Um, a, f a friend of ours, actually, Askol Kurov, that I worked with on Welcome to Chechnya before. Mm -hmm. uh, he, who, um, yeah, he suggested um, Agnia, you know, I think he sent a clip, a, a work sample to David Franz, who was the director of Welcome to Chechnya. Mm. And then Franz just forwarded me a, a sample that I saw. And I was just mesmerized by the the character by Jenna, by her art, by cinematography, and also mm. the fact that I saw in the footage my hometown, where mm. I grew up, born and raised in Russia. And it's a very small town far away where gulag camps used to happen um, next to China and across Alaska. So it's really far away. So I saw it and I, I said to myself, I got to do anything possible to work on this film because it's just incredible. And then Agni and I had a Zoom call um and we just talked and that's that's how it happened yeah everything happens on zoom these days just like this <laughs> this podcast right. um, and it was also right it was covid you know covid was still happening yeah we yeah based in different countries but we made it work yeah that's I'm great i'm curious i'm curious about like that experience of going back to your hometown but seeing it through the eyes of jenna like did going there with her or seeing this film through her eyes, like change how you see Megadon? I haven't been there in many years, since 2015. So I wasn't there, I wasn't able to travel during the mm -hmm. production of the film. So I was only based here in America. Um, so that was Agnia and Jenna and our cinematographer who was traveling there. Um, but it makes me happy to see that there are people like that in, in Magadan. Obviously, Jenna is very courageous, and I never saw anyone like that. And hopefully now people, younger, queer kids, you know, will be more inspired and less afraid to come out because this is really important and to to show art um, freely. Yeah. 
So, Agnia, tell us a little bit, you, you know, you're a documentarian. So can you tell us a little bit about your process? You told us sort of a little bit about Jenna and, and why you wanted to make this film and how it evolved from something about many other people to just about her. But I want to know, like, when, how do you choose your subjects as a documentarian? What catches your eye? What's your process? How do you decide on, oh, I want to do a story about this or that? Well, I don't have like a perfect recipe of how it happens. I rely most of the time on my emotions. <laughs> and in a uh, good way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I I always say that the documentary filmmaking is not a job, it's a lifestyle. Mm. Because you there is no like a time that you're working and uh, that you're like on week on the weekend. You're just walking on the street. And every time, like you kind of scan everything what's happening around you for a potential story. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I had this a uh, couple of times already that I see someone on the street and uh, uh, so we pass each other and then I walk and I think like, oh my God, this was something very special. So I run back out to these people <laughs> and I try to have a like a first conversation just to kind of like tested <laughs> well so far it didn't work but, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, but I try I try I, I always like yeah I'm always ready it's another important thing for me in working is uh, to have enough time uh, to develop because you know sometimes I I think that uh uh that you know i found a story and it's a perfect protagonist but uh, i don't know after spending together like a couple of weeks uh it's not working and mm. it's very very important for me to have this uh, time to you know to spend together with a potential protagonist to see if it's really if there's really a story behind mm-hmm. so in general like my way of making documentaries it takes a lot of time <laughs> we made window in two years and a half we've been filming for two years and a half mm-hmm. which is as you know when we talked earlier um uh this month you told me that that's kind of fast documentaries usually or your work usually takes a lot more than that well, it really depends on, uh, on the subject and uh, maybe Quindon would last longer if, uh, you know, uh, uh, Russia would not invade Ukraine and mm. we had to like get out of the country. And uh, that was obvious, you know, ending yeah. of the story. Like, but if it would not happen, maybe we would film, I don't know, for another three years. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um. I wanted to to go back to something you said earlier when you said um, documentary is a lifestyle. Um, um, being a documentarian is a lifestyle. And I have seen both of you sort of, you know, um, IRL, if there is no better term for it, and sort of personifying this film, just the way you were talking about it, the way you handle yourself, you know, the poster you came out to, it was New Fest. 
it was like even just your presence in the festival unlike uh, you know was unique and was sort of an a performance art in a way and expressing the art and it so fit the film so even if somebody's just walking down the the street and saw you with your posters and the way you were handling yourself with your friends and walking around and talking about the film and all of that they would know something is happening which is kind of what jenna does in the film so can you talk a little bit about that and so you know give our listeners who maybe weren't at new fest or the many other festivals that you went to kind of um an idea of what to expect should they meet both of you and see you kind of present queendom because <laughs> i loved everything you did <laughs> um I mean, for sure. <laughs> we all have. <laughs> I mean, there is no like a special strategy behind this. We're just being us, and uh, the poster happened to be that big. <laughs> and maybe a better way to rephrase my question is to like. You know, how do you drum because your film is going to many festivals? So how are you sort of like getting attention for it? Because I think, you know, what I was trying to say with my question is that it's you were certainly showstoppers, not just because your film, your art, your work is amazing, but just because your presence um, around it, talking about it, introducing it, all of that sounded, looked like performance art and something that people need to like, you know, stop and look at. Well, I think it comes from the fact that it's an independent film and it's mm -hmm. a very small crew. We're very close to each other, even though I haven't even met some of our crew in person, in real life, like you're saying, right? But through through conversations and talking about the film. Um, so it's a very tight crew. We're always in touch with each other and we're in touch with Jenna. And I think because of that, there's some sort of a love that for cinema overall, mm -hmm. right? That, that's why we're also very proud of the film and it wasn't easy to make it mm -hmm. um, given the circumstances. So I think we're just, when we're at festivals, we're there to celebrate the art cinema, to celebrate Jenna um, and also to hopefully direct attention to the problems uh, in mm -hmm. this world um, yeah. happening right now. So I think all of this combined just gives us some special energy um, where that we want to share with the world and also, you know, share the film with the world. When people see the film, um, hopefully they're going through some sort of a transformation. I don't know, or get a glimpse of what it's like uh, to be, to be, let's say, Jenna, or to be um, mm -hmm. creating something that is so radical. Yeah. I think it's important for people to, to get them outside of their comfort zone too. Yeah. So that's, what, that's what we provide, but also a really good time. Uh, <laughs> We yeah. were going with that poster at 4 a.m. on New York subway and people <laughs> were just like, wow, what is happening? Uh, that was like the highlight of that night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd love to, to talk a little bit about some of those challenges that you mentioned, like just filming in Russia. I've I've spoken to other documentarians who've filmed in Russia and they've talked a lot about like having to hide cameras on the street and try like those logistical problems of like knowing that you are being watched as you're being filmed um so did you ha how did you kind of approach those challenges um were there any things that you had to do to kind of prepare for I don't know intervention 
Uh, well, I uh, I'm against the hidden cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that every person who is being filmed has to know that he's being filmed, even if it's a policeman or whoever. So we never do hidden cameras. Uh, uh, but for sure, you need to take in consideration that, you know, when you go out there, uh, you cannot predict what's going to happen because you can bump into, I don't know, uh aggressive people you can bump into uh, i don't know haters of uh, lgbtq and uh, you know when people see jenna on the street it's not always uh, like a bad reaction mm-hmm. it's also a kind of curiosity uh i wouldn't say that uh that uh, there is uh I don't know, love and acceptance out there <laughs> on the streets of Moscow. <laughs> but, um, but it's not all, always bad. And uh, even with police, we had a lot of interactions, which you, you, you don't see in the film, because uh, we shot for so long and we had like over 300 hours. Uh, so I, there was much more situation uh, that ended up in the film. And... Uh, Every time it's a conversation, I mean, you just need to be human, you know, even in this kind of situations and to to talk. That's the that's the key of, you know, solving all the problems on the street. Sometimes it's not working. Uh, sometimes we like what I what I was saying on the Q&A at Newfest that uh, at the last protest against the war in Ukraine, uh, we knew that we we're gonna get arrested. Like there was no doubt that we we're gonna escape that. And uh, it, it happened a bit too fast than we expected because uh, Jenna wanted to reach like a bigger crowd uh, where all the well, all the people were protesting, but we didn't make it there because we got arrested before we, uh, we walked there. And uh, because I knew that we we're gonna get arrested, we came up with an idea that our cinematographer will be on roller skaters and it worked out i mean like you need to be kind of like creative <laughs> and see even in this situation the kind of bright side of, <laughs> of creativity and uh, it worked perfectly because when i got arrested jenna was already in uh, in the car and he was uh, he was still staying filming and uh, they start to move towards him to uh, you know to arrest him and he just took off and it was perfect <laughs> because they understood that they're not gonna run after him he was so fast he's a professional roller skater so dang so uh, <laughs> yeah i prefer this kind of things rather than hidden cameras um and it's like you know it works <laughs> it worked now i don't know like now the situation <laughs> went so much than yeah. last year yeah, yeah, we all been yeah. consulted with lawyers, but now the situation is getting so much worse that they arrested Navalny's lawyers. Uh, <clears> one <throat> of them escaped, the other ones are arrested, and that's it's a very scary step in the democracy where the government is going after lawyers. Um, and the reason they're saying why they're going after them is because they helped, you know, the, they represent Navalny, therefore they're part of his terrorist or organization whatever they designated his organization so it's a scary uh scary moment in the in the country actually but yeah. uh but we tried everything we could and 
when we were filming back then, which was the situation was not as tense as now. Yeah. Everything is getting worse all over the world, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, which it's sort of like kind of brings me to my question, you know, as documentarians, um, um, do you feel like a certain responsibility to tell certain types of stories or um, or it's it's not like the sort of like social and political responsibility is not something that is the driving force behind what you do. But if it's a byproduct, then that's that's great. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, Av, do you feel this responsibility as documentarians? Uh, yes, for sure. I mean, uh, after we finished the edit, um, well, I start to think like, what's what's next? Like, what I'm gonna do after that? Uh, uh, for sure, you need to take some time, like, to you know, cool off after uh, working on uh, on one film. But I understood for my for me personally that uh, I don't dare even to think about making stories which uh, like okay like now i live in paris and there's so many beautiful things happen around me but i'm mm. not going to make a movie about that uh, my country is in pain uh like what's happening in russia is it's a disaster and we're gonna we're gonna deal with it for years and years to heal back the society on so many levels and you know i I also don't dare to make a story about Ukrainians because I'm not Ukrainian and but I'm Russian and um my I think my responsibility is to reflect on what's happening in Russian society with Russian people um during this horrible war mm. and it, it is challenging for me because I'm not in Russia mm. but I'm sure we're going to find a way uh how to bring on screen this uh, topic as well because yes uh, I, I mean i'm sure there is a i know for sure there is enough uh, very talented filmmakers who gonna uh reveal all the war crimes that russia is doing in ukraine and there's al already quite some uh, great films out there mm -hmm. but i think it's all important to you know to show what's happening in Russia and what's happening with Russian people during all this time. So that's my responsibility. And I think uh, if, uh, well, not if, but when I'm gonna find a way how to do that, uh, that will be my next project, the documentary project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Igor, would you like to add anything to what Agnia said about this? Um, I, yeah, I've, Definitely there's the responsibility and the desire to make certain kind of films. Um, I'm specifically interested in queer stories. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that I worked on Welcome to Chechnya before, which was a pure chance, the way David and I met, which was about Russian, about queer people. And then the way Agni and I met was also very serendipitous. Um, mm -hmm. We knew that uh, it would be such a perfect match in terms of, you know, not just like our skills and where we are and our careers, but also um just being very aligned in terms of what kind of art we want to make mm -hmm. uh, um and yeah me personally i was never out in russia so i never really lived 
that free life um, in, in Russia. Um, so for me, I feel certain responsibility to the queer community there mm. because I left so early right after high school. So now I have a, this desire to tell stories about queer people um, and specifically in Russia, because if, if I were still there, uh, I would be totally closeted and mm. I don't know if doing what I'm doing now. So that's where my desire to tell certain stories comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there there is a lot of queer stories definitely to be told from all over the world. But I think I love what you both said about sort of like you need to be local first um, to sort of like tell tell the right stories, which is, yeah, we all we should all do that. And that's that's a great start, a way to start to be local first. Um, I mean, so obviously the film's a documentary, but there are kind of these moments kind of spliced in where they're almost like it's like ballet almost of Jenna like acting out what what she's going through in the film like almost a music video or something like that um can you kind of describe how you conceived of those moments um and when they were filmed yeah so there was no such a plan in the beginning um but because I also I can say that uh, this film for me was the uh, moment of growth and like redefining what's documentary for me because uh, before I was more like stiff and uh, um, I had like a strict rules in my head that it has to be like only observational no like you know talking to a protagonist no uh, music um, to like to not manipulate the viewer things like that <laughs> and with this uh, film uh, I took some liberty for myself and um, I think it's beautiful to play with different forms and uh, we uh, didn't plan it uh, first one we did uh, is when Jenna is wearing the mask a black mask with horns and uh, there was just uh, I don't know a feeling because uh, we we were following her she was doing this performance for someone else and we were just following the, them and in the end of the day like the sun was already almost down and uh, there was basically i don't know like 10 15 minutes before it would get completely dark and uh i don't know we were standing there and uh it was so beautiful like the landscape and jenna and everything so we decided uh, to try and we uh, asked Jenna to, you know, to act a bit more. And uh, we did it in slow motion. And then she got in such a state, like she she always does it, you know. She kind of like disconnect with, with the reality. And mm. she go in her, in her own world. And uh, it, yeah, it turned out so beautiful. And, uh, you know, and in the editing room. So we decided to try to do more of these things. And it was always spontaneous. Like we never plan anything. I mean, we planned one where a lot of um, people in the duct tape in the Russian in the colors of Russian flag. This one we planned very carefully because it was just before we left Russia. Uh, so it was a bit like kind of scary because uh, it's obviously something that police would question if they would find out what what we're doing. 
So we had to, we were like very protective uh, in the place where we were doing it. Um, I asked everyone to not make any pictures. Uh, everyone had to leave their phones uh, at the door. Um, but the rest of the performances, they're more like spontaneous. Depends where we are. Like if we, we were in Magadan and we found this uh, lake with mud <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and we were like, let's just try. And again, Jenna went in this, like, I don't know, her special state of mind and uh, she gave this incredible performance. Mm. Yeah. Wow, so it's so always sad. like collaboration, but uh, driven by Jenna. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love I love all of that. One of the things that I loved about the film is that, yes, it's about a performance artist and it's about and you show their art. But it's also about um, escape um, and it's about the bureaucracy of immigration and how, and this is um, something that, you know, as an immigrant to this country, I've dealt with for years. Um, and so when you show sort of like Jenna trying to make it to Paris and you show sort of like the way she's on the phone talking to this person, she's doing that, all of that stuff, it sort of just shows sort of like, Yes, there is a bigger picture here of an artist trying to make their art, but they also have to live and have to feel safe. And ha and that that takes a lot of their time to just sort of make those steps. So can you talk a little bit about why that was important to show um, in the film? Well, I'm going to start from far uh, because um, when we met... Uh... So Jenna was in, uh, you know, in this, yeah, kind of rethinking of uh, how she wants to uh, present herself back then, mostly in social media. But then she started to go on the streets and another like step up was when she realized that her uh, Instagram is not just for like posting, uh, I don't know, beautiful pictures. It's a platform mm. to spread message. And she she started to get so much uh, feedbacks from people saying, like, thank you for what you're doing. Like, uh, you know, through your courage, uh, you know, we're visible in this country because most of the queer community, they're living like behind the closed doors. Mm -hmm. uh, and with those, uh, you know, because in... Uh, 2013, there was the first uh, law that they uh, uh, adopted, uh, which was banning uh, propaganda among minors. Mm. And uh, now, like, when was it? Like, two years ago? Three years ago? Mm. Uh, extended it, like, for everyone. And mm. uh, so it means that, uh, you know, you cannot even walk hand by hand on the street. Mm. And what Jenna is what doing on the street it was, uh, you know, even for Russian people who are kind of like, especially in the big cities, when you when you not agree what government is doing, you kind of prepared that you can get arrested anytime, you know, mm -hmm. for whatever, for how you look like or what you're saying, or if you're holding a blank piece of paper for protest. Oh wow! So like, get arrested. It's kind of like normalized. You know, it's not like shocking because mm. there's so many people who are who already been there. Yeah. Um, 
But what Jenna was doing, uh, it's like next level. And uh, uh, when she started to get all of this feedback from uh, people, not only from Moscow or St. Petersburg, from all over, uh, I think for her was such a like engine to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so arrived to the point that uh, she has to leave the country. I mean, it was obvious what, that she's, uh, you know, she's a LGBTQ plus activist and, uh, you know, uh, fighting against the war. And, you know, there there was no doubt in mm-hmm. uh, with the organization about her that she need to get out for sure and that they're ready to help her because she's, uh, you know, she has a profile of things that she did. Um. I guess when you're not that like public, mm-hmm. it's more complicated to get like to get your case approved. Uh, but we also try to help uh, her friends uh, who also in the film to to escape Russia because it was kind of like scary moments at the you know last year and uh, so some of her friends uh, also let. Actually, most of her friends that you see on the birthday party in the film, mm-hmm. they're out of Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I don't know if I answer your question. But no, no, you did. You <laughs> did. You absolutely did. Yes. And I'm happy to hear that most of them, most of the people in the movie are out of Russia. That's great. I One of the things I found really interesting about the film is like how it kind of plays out like a narrative almost it, like at times, you know, knowing what we know now we'd be listening to them listening to the news and the news is saying like oh there might be a ukraine an invasion of ukraine and obviously now we know that there was um was it what was that like to just kind of look back and see all these seeds being planted of like where everything was going i mean where did you accidentally capture all of those things um or was it just kind of, I don't know, did you have a sense that like there, it would be happening, so you need to get something on the news? Um, how did, how does that kind of work out day to day? Well, I'm going to confess. The <laughs> 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 thing that you're speaking about, uh, uh, for sure, we were editing uh, way after. So mm-hmm. we just, this uh, little piece and edit it in. That. Yeah. <laughs> no, it felt really good in there. I liked how that worked. But yeah. uh, all, uh, uh, for sure, there was a lot of talks about uh, uh, about it before it happened. It was not like completely by surprise. People mm. following what was going on. And, uh, you know, Russian government were like, they start to threaten uh with the invasion already months before it happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, most people say that the war started uh, on the 24th February last year, but it ha- it started in 2014 when Russia, um, you know, took Crimea by force. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all have to say this way, that the war started back then, not last year. Last year, it was just like escalation. And so, you know, it was not something uh, that nobody 
nobody like knew like how what i want to say like everyone knew what was going on mm -hmm. and nobody could predict that it's gonna be this big like you know when everything started uh, we thought that you know in some days they're gonna find a solution how to end it and unfortunately we're, we're still yeah there. yeah I'm curious what it's been like touring this film in the United States. Like, are there things that you realize like Americans just don't know about Russia that you wish Americans understood better? Well, for everyone, it's a very big surprise where Magadan is. They cannot, <laughs> uh, like... <laughs> People cannot believe that in one country you can fly for eight hours and still be in the same country. <laughs> um, I mean, we receive a lot of uh, a lot of uh, like support and love from people from the audience. Uh, I love to to talk on Q and A's. So it's always surprisingly well. Um, and many people say that, like, thank us to show what's like kind of glimpse of what's happening really in Russia because it never reached the news. You know, in the news, it's very, you know, depends from where this news comes from, France or from uh, United States or from Russia or from Ukraine. It's They all like put their own propaganda message there. Mm -hmm. And uh, people uh, who watch our film see like, you know, a true moment of how is it being queer in Russia in a particular moment. And uh, that's what a lot of people say that they could not imagine that this this is how it is for real, not from the news. Yeah. Wow. And um, also, yeah, a lot of people were surprised at how, that people were protesting in Russia, protesting the war. Um, a lot of people said they never saw this footage before. Um, and ob obviously all of the journalists were banned, all the independent journalists are banned uh, from Russia. So uh, people were surprised about that too. Yeah, which is why it's important to show art from Russia like your film, because it, it definitely shows things that is, it's not manipulated media, it's real people protesting, making art, doing real things, um, as opposed to just what the government wants the rest of the world to see. So we obviously love this film. We're really excited for other people to see it. Um, what are the release plans? Can we expect a theatrical release, a streaming release? We can confirm that we will have a theatrical release in the UK this December in 2023. So we're very excited about that. And we hope to have a theatrical release in the US in 2024 so definitely watch out um for the film but we're still touring we're still on the festival circuit so if you see the film playing in your theater please come say hi and if you're in europe you might be able to see to meet jenna in person so our next stop is itva um so if you're in amsterdam please uh come and say hi yeah that's amazing. Congrats on the UK release. Hopefully a US release will follow soon. Um, 
Igor Agne, it was a pleasure to have you um, on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us about Queendom, about Jenna's art, about your filmmaking. Um, and you've told us where the film is going to be released, where it's um, where people can find it in festivals. But how? where can people find you? Um, if they want to know more about Queendom, I'm sure you're on social media. So let our listeners know where they can find you there. Well, you can find us on uh, Instagram. Um... <laughs> Should I spell it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, just, is... just, yes. <laughs> Our film called Queendom Doc. Uh, so you can find uh, you can find our film there. You can find Jenna. Uh, her Instagram is Jenna Marvin, and ours, uh, mine is uh, Agnia with A G N I then double underscore I A, and then <laughs> Igor can speak for himself. <laughs> My Instagram is um Igor Mayakotin, but without an R, so it's I G O. M-Y-A-K-O-T-I-N. But if you go to Queendom Doc on Instagram, you'll see we're tagged there in the pictures. Uh, follow the film there on Queendom Doc on Instagram. Uh, and in our bio, there's a link with the upcoming screenings at festivals. And also Queendom Doc. Doc.com is our website. So go there to see the latest news. And we're also excited to share that I'm not sure when is this going to be released, but we'll have a trailer release very soon. So we're very excited about that. Um, so watch it and share it. Yes, that sounds great. Love it. Love it that you you guys have a trailer. Um, and you can find the show at I Am Picture Show on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Mortada underscore E on Instagram and ME underscore says on Twitter slash X. And I'm BK Rewind on Twitter and BK underscore Rewind on Instagram. So. And, and until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>